1: Welcome to another exciting episode of Dungeon Crawlers Radio. It's Monday, and if you didn't survive the weekend without watching the uh, Rogue One trailer at least twelve times, um, maybe you need to go do that first before listening to this show. Because otherwise, I'm,
0: sure I'm responsible for maybe like a quarter, at least a quarter of the <laughs> views on the official YouTube page right now. Yeah.
2: So. Um, I'm responsible for an eight. So. Th-
1: that quarter million <laughs> that there has all been Jared. So, uh, yeah. So. Some really cool stuff is going on right now. Um, there's just so much to talk about. So let's kind yeah, of yeah. It's like
0: we haven't had much to talk about the last couple of weeks, and then this past then week we just has can't. just been jam-packed, full of news, yeah. which I'm I'm so, excited. I'm so excited. So
1: it's been announced that a young Lando Calrissian will appear in Lucas's young Han Solo movie. So naturally. I don't wa- yeah, naturally. I'm wondering if we're gonna maybe see where Han fi- gets the Falcon for the first time, or maybe, maybe not. Maybe, and it would be cool to see him without the Falcon, um, and maybe see kind of how this friendship, this buddy buddy ship, forms or falls apart or something. Because who doesn't love Lando? I mean, that's he. That's a great character. I know we don't get to see a lot of him, other than what we see in an um, in Empire, but if you Ever read Shadows of the Empire? Man, his character really unfolds for you. Mm-hmm. And there's really a lot cool. of other, a lot of other great books uh, in the Legends, X ex- Expanded Universe that really make that character shine. Um, and Billy Dee Williams did a great job with the character as well, which we may see in Episode Eight. You know, he's a little bit older, but hey, so is uh, Mark <laughs> Hamill and everyone else.
0: It's true. I think it would be so appropriate for them to do that, just following the same steps that the original trilogy did. Like, here's Lando, he's back, he's here for half a movie, and then maybe a little bit in the next one.
1: (laughs) And, you know, to be honest, I think Michael B. Jordan could do a good job as a young uh, Lando. Uh,
0: Yeah, I think that there's a lot of really talented actors that are moving into the blockbuster field that could do a good job. However, my prediction is going to be that they bring on somebody that we don't, quite no. We've seen him okay. in maybe this or that. are mm-hmm. like, "Oh, maybe that's that one kid from that one movie I saw in 2014, you know." And yeah. cuz I did the same thing with Han Solo. I really thought an A-list actor would have mapped that role, but Star Wars oh, yeah. is is very particular about bringing in new faces. And they've done that since the original trilogy.
1: Like they Mark Hamill
0: and 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 uh, Carrie Fisher Carrie Fisher, even Harrison Ford a little bit. They were widely unknown before Star Wars.
1: Yeah. Well, and, and Harrison Ford actually was done. He had tried acting, and he was pretty much just done and just going to be a carpenter at that point. And then he ended up getting the, the part, so you no, know. Good he for was him.
0: actually um, uh, just supposed to read the lines with the actors that were trying out for the other roles, and George was just like, ah, come play the role, you're doing a good job. I liked you in American Graffiti. Yeah. <laughs>
1: So, so let's jump over to, to TV uh, real quick. So, we we loved what DC has done on the CW with their DC uh, superhero shows. You know, we had the Flash, we've had the Arrow. Now, Supergirl is moving over, and this year they're actually Superman will in, be involved. Which you know, if anyone's seen season one, he was pretty much just the silhouette, and you never really got to see him. But he, he he's going to be in there. However. We're getting a crossover, which is, I don't know if I'm excited about. I, I'm kind of worried about this. So they It's a lot of characters. The crossover. Yeah, so it's yeah. going to be a musical crossover. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I just don't know, because if anyone w- ever watched USA's Psyched, the musical episode it was probably the worst episode they ever did. <laughs> ever.
0: Yeah. It seems like the kind of idea that would come to fruition at an Applebee's bar with your good buddy from the 8th mm-hmm. grade that you haven't seen in so long. and He has ideas for the show that he knows you do on the CW. So you write it down on a napkin after you've mm-hmm. had – four or five too many margaritas and then you go home and decide I'm drunk enough to send this to the producers let's see if they like it and now we have the Flash Arrow and Super Drill musical Oh, and Supergirl. Legends
1: of Tomorrow don't forget Legends of Tomorrow they're oh, gonna characters from Lord. there are gonna be included in that but, so it
2: might not be that bad think about back to uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer's musical episode that was hilarious
0: <sighs>
1: if yeah, they spin
2: it
0: that way, but it just seems so out of left field for this series. <laughs> well,
1: it, it it does and it doesn't. So I mean, it kind of makes sense in a little bit because you know Grant Gustin and Melissa Benoist were both on Glee. They were both they were both actors on Glee previous to being their superhero individuals. So they can sing. They are talented singers. So. It does kind of, in a weird way, make sense. But at the same time, I'm just scratching my head, like that. Yeah, that's the one thing that bugs me about, you know, especially like I, I don't get me wrong, I love '80s movie, movies, but every now and then in an '80s movie, they just start busting out in song and dance, and everyone knows the song, everyone's dancing along, and it's like that never happened in high school for me, and I can I, only imagine. They're out there fighting supervillains, and suddenly he's like, "Here I come to save the day!" and then bust into a song. I it's just, I don't. Yeah. I'm sorry,
0: Daniel. I hate it. I I want to find out whose idea this was. <laughs> find their address so I can fling feces at their house. Like this no, no, is I, not where it needs to be right now.
1: I completely agree. It's stupid and just like, what in the world are they thinking? They've got this golden egg that's doing really well, and now it's like they're throwing a giant pile of flaming dog poo in the middle see, of it. You see,
0: I recall one other superhero musical that did not go so well on Broadway.
1: Let's wow. just watch oh, Spider that. <laughs> yeah. Spider-Man! How funny. So, uh, well, good luck, yeah! you see.
2: Did they ever release yeah. that, the Spider-Man one?
1: Oh, yeah. It, it, it was released and went down in a flaming pile of oh, dog it, poo. It bombed
0: yeah. hard. And if I remember, people got yeah. hurt and it was just a big mess.
1: Oh Yeah. Yeah. So uh for those of you excited for Star Wars Rebels, <laughs> mm-hmm. the premiere the premiere date is September 24th is at 8:30 p.m. Um yes, the season 3 pr- will premiere with the title episode Steps into Shadow, oh, which wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, I will be hosting a Star Wars party at my house. <laughs> there will be hors d'oeuvres, and mm-hmm. all things Admiral Thrawn.
1: Yep, and so it's going to be, in, the series is going to include Bendu, which is being voiced by the uh, fourth Doctor, uh, nice. Tom Baker, cool. and Grand Admiral Thrawn, which if you don't know who that is,
0: um, <laughs> <Loser>. <laughs>
1: pa- 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 pause the show, go Wikipedia or Google search it, and then come back. <laughs> um, I'm excited. No, no, no. I'm Can't really excited where free. Star Wars is going. Yeah, I'm really excited to see where Star Wars is taking us. I mean, this is like the golden age for being a geek, in my opinion. I mean, it, oh, yeah. it's been good. It really has been good. But it seems like you know we're getting superhero movies that are really well done. We're getting Star Wars movies. I mean, it used to be like it was like a drought. The only way we could watch Star Wars is if we just you know ran our VHS player until the the tape broke. Um or we watched the Ewok adventures and had to do with Yeah, no, 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 no.
0: Daniel <laughs> doesn't exist. <laughs> Strike that last statement from the record.
1: Uh, yeah, so uh but we, we've got some really cool stuff coming our way. And for them to step up rebels and say, Okay, I know everyone wants this this villain, we're throwing in Thrawn. It's just amazing. So Personally, I'm, I'm, I'm just
2: glad they're jumping ahead in time to show some more like time for each character to develop. That's mm-hmm. what's exciting me.
1: Well, yeah, and I mean that... I, I want to know how much time has passed between the end of 2 and 3, and I'm sure they'll, they'll mention that. But if that's the case, you know, let's say it's 2, 3 years, that means Darth Maul's been with them that whole time because it looks like he's on the ship with them. Maybe I'm wrong, but... No, no, you're
0: absolutely right. Like I think it's, again, a classic Star Wars formula of stuff has happened between this and the last movie. And so we're going to give it to you and the opening crawl and then just move on from there. And (laughs) I love seeing characters grow in that space of time and to think that Darth Maul's been there the whole time. Because I thought when he showed up at the end of season two that maybe he would try and get Ezra and things wouldn't go right and Darth Maul would go off on his own agenda. But he's still there which oh, yeah. makes me really interested to see what happens with the character of Ezra, and even Kanan. Oh. Oh. Yes,
2: yes. No, I'm so sad about what happened to him, but I'm so excited to see how he takes this and uh, furthers his own abilities. Like, it's a yeah. great
0: conflict in the story. Like, I, If you would have told me after uh, Clone Wars ended that this is where Darth Maul ends up, I'd have told you you're crazy. Yeah. And this is, I think, an awesome opportunity to expand these characters because what a crappy situation.
1: Well, the, and this is the thing that's kind of amazing. So let's look at Boba Fett. You know, he—he, he, we get to return their Jedi. He's killed off. Fans love the character so much. There was so much passion and outcry for that character. They brought him back. The same thing has happened with Darth Maul, another villain that had very little screen time died very quickly, and everyone loved him so much they brought him back. I mean, Yeah, George Lucas is really good at that. I mean, who, who can survive getting slashed in half with a lightsaber other than Darth Maul? I mean, literally. And now he's back, and he's still here in Rebels, which is so close to Episodes 4, 5, and 6. Now that the is question cool. is, is, where has Maul been all this time? Unless he dies in Season 3. No, I mean, I'm excited now, too. I feel
0: like at the end of uh, Phantom Menace, I didn't have the closure I needed for Darth Maul. I was like, oh, what potential wasted. I, for one, hate it when movies bring back characters because they know it's going to sell tickets. I hate that. But Darth Maul is a good exception for me because he had so much to give to the franchise. He had so much to add to it. And so far, he's done an excellent job through Clone Wars and Rebels. And now I'm ready to receive the closure that I so desperately needed in Phantom Menace.
1: Yeah. Well, and the one thing I really like about Darth Maul's character is, you know, when we first saw Darth Maul, he was a killing machine. That was it. His one goal was to kill a Jedi Master. That that was all focused. That was his his focus. He didn't care about anything else. But then Clone Wars, after he got killed and he kind of Savage brought him back, he changed. He wasn't yeah. focused on that anymore. He had a new plan and a new and a new idea. And then that failed. Yeah. Yeah. You know. And now. We're seeing a new plan uh, unveil, and so it's not just as like this machine, this killing beast. He's an intelligent, plotting uh, Sith Lord that wow, that deserves the attention now. I mean, I I never really liked Maul until seeing him in Clone Wars and seeing that change, and just like wow. And then seeing him come back in Rebels, it's like I really like this character now. Oh, when before a it was lot just it was like uh yeah. Onions have layers, layers so Shrek
0: hard. has layers,
1: Darth Maul has layers. Yep. And so do onions. Yep, yep. Oh, thanks, too.
0: So, uh, <laughs>
1: let's jump back to Flash. So I just pulled up another thing. So, Flash Season 3 is going to be very interesting. Because of what happened at the end of Season 2, we're going to get a Flashpoint effect. Yay! Which is exciting. So for those of you that haven't seen the Flashpoint or read the comic book series... Basically, Barry Allen goes back in time and saves his mother from being killed. Which completely rewrites history and time. Which is kind of exciting and kind of weird at the same time, because you know, uh, with the change, Bruce Wayne's the one that dies, and his mom and dad survive, and his Bruce Wayne's mother becomes the Joker and his dad becomes Batman. Awesome. Uh, you know, Superman, because of the, the effect, actually gets knocked off course, doesn't land in Kansas. He actually lands in Metropolis and then is taken to Star Labs and has tests done on him. So Cyborg kind of takes over the place of being the big superhero, and then Wonder Woman and Aquaman are pretty much in a death war. Um, So I'm I'm interested to see how they do this on the TV series without going that route, or if they are going to go that route. Um... I feel because, like it
0: will be inspired by mm-hmm. the Flashpoint paradox, but there is just a lot in there. There is a lot yeah. of ground to cover if they were to introduce that right now. Yeah, well, well they've uh, got an entire season, twenty-four episodes, right?
1: They do. Yeah. See, and that's the nice thing is by doing that, they have a much longer. I mean, that's twelve hours compared to a two-hour movie, and yeah. so they have a much longer time span to go through that that timeline and. So I I know Grant Gustin recently uh, did an interview, and this is what he said. He says, Barry's the only one who knows that his timeline is different, and his memories are gradually being replaced by memories of graduating high school and college, his moments with his family, and when he realizes that those memories are replacing other memories, that's when he starts to realize how selfish – of a decision this was. Mm-hmm. So that's that's really cool. I like that because he's like, oh yeah, I'm just living in his memories of old times of being with Iris and all that are disappearing, and so this could be I, interesting. I yelled at my TV
2: screen. I yelled at it. I was not happy.
0: I oh, know. The at the time. end, of, yeah, yeah. It oh, seeing wow. how much crap went upside down. When Barry went to save his mother in Flashpoint yeah. Paradox, like it made me scared for the fate of the characters in the TV show. Like it is, it's a big deal. You have no idea for the view, the listeners that haven't read or seen Flashpoint Paradox, you have mm-hmm. no idea how much this affects the new reality.
1: Well, here's another thing he says, and this kind of just shocked me a little bit. He's like, he goes on to say, it means he's forgetting his powers too. He's having a full Back to the Future moment. Like his hands disappearing in front of him, so he's losing. He, as his memories are being replaced, he's starting to forget his powers.
2: Forget though, wow. does he lose his powers?
1: Well, because he, he can't lose them. I'm, sure right? I'm sure he doesn't lose them, but he forgets he has them. So, and if you forget he has them, then how can he tap into them? I don't know. That that's a really cool spin. I like that.
0: It'll be interesting the way they pull it off.
1: Yeah, but yeah.
0: I I'm excited that they decided to be. Brave, and endure the long and and difficult journey of trying to bring Flashpoint Paradox to live-action television. Yeah. So, So, anyway. All right, cool. Speaking of another series that is about to endure, possibly, on a long and difficult task, um, there have been talks between uh, Disney, I think ABC, and Lucasfilm about bringing forth a live-action Star Wars TV show. And let's be honest, we've heard a lot of rumblings about this for like 10 years, right? And it never got off the ground. I know that George Lucas had, I don't know, at least 40-plus episodes written uh, for his TV show a while back. And whether or not they use those scripts is unknown. But there are talks right now. So what do you guys think?
1: You know, I think it would be really cool. I mean, why not? We've got superheroes on on TV. Why not have Star Wars on TV? And you can still do it in a way that's not super expensive. I mean, I think that might be one worry. Is okay, we get they jump into this, you know, kind of like what we had with Terra Nova, where it was super expensive and lots of in, graphic intensiveness, and then they cancel it after a season, you know, or or Firefly, canceled after a season. But the thing is. And, and this is where I think it won't, is you know, just look at Once Upon a Time. You know, that has been running what, six, seven seasons now? I think we're in a seven season, and, right? Yeah, and it, and it's 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 a Disney property and they're running strong with it. And Disney has the financial backing to do this. They really do. And they can still pull it off with some green screen stuff like they do with Once Upon a Time or some on location sets. I think they can pull this off, especially if it's not, you know, if it's set on some place like, you know, let, let's a Coruscant. That's going to be more difficult. But if it's on some backwater planet, I think it could be pulled off fairly well. See, I, I, I think the
0: that. time that we live in right now is very unique to the opportunity that they have to make this series, because it's getting cheaper and cheaper and cheaper to do CG, will be yeah. especially for television, and it's getting cheaper and cheaper and cheaper for even elements that have been around forever, like practical effects and stuff. Because now we've got better and more resourceful materials to use that aren't as expensive.
2: Exactly. And
0: I really think that right now Star Wars, it's, it's a good possibility that this could run run a very long time and be very financially successful for Disney. Yeah. And if it's anything like Firefly in quality, I'm, I'm totally happy with that. Yeah, They were very resourceful in the way they executed that show.
1: Yeah. And well, I was- mean... We-
0: a
2: firefly-like show, like if you can set it like kind of off to the side and yet still have references to the main storylines, the main the Empire. Like I think it could still, it would still be an enthralling story.
1: Yeah, no, yeah. I agree. You know, and I, you know, like you said, it is getting cheaper. I mean, if if any of you have seen kind of the watched any of the extras on Episode Seven, I mean, the people that designed the weaponry, those were mo- most of those were three D printed weapons. You know, yep. we can do that now, and. They look just as good and high quality as what we saw originally in four, five, and six, and now it's 3D printed, so they can mass produce those things at an exponential rate, which it would be perfect. I mean, we can easily do that. I mean, they can do they can produce ships the same way and put those together. Unlike you know how it was back in 1977 when it took forever to build things, so.
0: And just imagine the ratings that this show would pull in. Like, oh, yeah. it, it's got to be a stupid number because there's the Rebels right now, even though it's a cartoon premiering on Disney XD, mm-hmm. has a massive following. The well, Clone yeah. Wars on Cartoon Network had a massive following. Imagine taking those hardcore, dedicated fans that went to watch these cartoons, knowing that they were probably mostly for kids. Mm-hmm. Um, imagine how expanded the audience is going to become when there's a live-action TV show that is obviously targeting everybody of all ages. Like, that is going to be stupid, stupid, stupid ratings.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. You know, and I know I mentioned this earlier, and I I was nearly shot, but the ratings on the Ewok Adventures were... (laughs) They were super stupidly high because we were all itching... For Star Wars, and it's the same way now. If we were – if they were to say, hey, we're only going to give you eight episodes like Game of Thrones of a Star Wars season this season and eight next year, we'd still eat it up. I mean literally we would, and, and it's and – again, Game of Thrones is another one that is done very well. And And that
0: is not a cheap show to produce. It's not. But the ratings and and the overall result of the finished product, what it brings into the studios, that is what makes it crazy, crazy good for them to produce. It's worth it. You
1: know, um, another one, the the Shannara Chronicles. Again, well-executed, great story. I'm sure their budget was fairly high too. But again, they had a little bit of CG, a little bit of practical effects, and it all worked. It worked beautifully. It depends on the execution
0: of the filmmakers, though. But I love the fact that you bring up these other shows because if we can get a quality show like Game of Thrones once a year, even if it's limited episodes, we can get a Star Wars TV show easily. And the quality is still there. I remember going to watch – um, the last two or three episodes of Game of Thrones at IMAX before the new season started. And watching that in the theater, I thought to myself, these people producing TV shows probably have the same resources as, or close to the resources as uh, uh, big blockbuster filmmakers do because the quality of this film, it looks like it was meant to be put on the, on the big screen. It was that good. There's no reason Star Wars with Disney backing them, couldn't do the same thing. And I think if they go through with it, this is going to be a game-changer for television, the same way Game of Thrones was.
1: Oh, no, I agree. Mm-hmm. So, all, all right. right. Is there anything else you guys want to talk about? Because we're almost out of time.
0: To throw something in there? I mean, I don't know. Um I'm excited for Fantastic Beasts and where to find them.
1: <laughs> no, I, you know, to be honest, I, I'm not a huge Harry Potter fan, but it looks great. It does. It looks really good, and I will admit that I've been more of a fan of the movies than the books. I, I that's it's fine. just me. It's fine. It's just me. I'm not. I, I, the way she writes, I haven't really enjoyed. But that's okay. I've enjoyed the movies, and the joy. The movies have been done really well. The nice thing about this is it's different. I, you know, and I'm I'm going in with lots of you know fun expectations, but not like oh wow, this has to be an amazing movie because there's no Harry Potter. It's brand new characters. It's a brand, It's an old setting, and not only that, we're finally going to get to see uh, wizards in the U.S. Um, and so I'm excited. i really am, and I I hope it works out really well and it's a fun ride. Yeah, me too. Me too. We'll yeah, spend more on to-
2: that. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Daniel, I'd like to know from you, as as
1: an author, how did you feel about the new Harry Potter book? I haven't read it yet. Okay. I haven't read it yet. See, that's the thing with with Harry Potter is I've never been drawn to it. I've, you know, I did read the first couple books, and it was just like, oh man, I can't stand this. Um, You know, and I know a lot of people are like they've they've ate it up, they loved it, but to me, it was, and I could tell it was, as she. As she continued writing, her writing did mature. I, I will admit that, but it, I just never could get into it, you know. And there have been other authors that I've felt the same way, where I've read their stuff, and it just doesn't harmonize with me, and I'm not drawn in, you know. And then there, then there's other authors that I read that's like, you know, I'm hooked within moments. You know, Brandon Sanderson is is one of those authors where I'm hooked, just the way he writes. There's a couple other authors that I do like, but I have to get into the book a little bit, and then as the action is starting to, to, to pull me in, then, then I'm hooked. Then there's, those, you know, like I said, those the others that I just can never get into the book, and it's like I feel like I'm dragging this giant boulder behind me trying to get through this book. Um, and so that was just – that's hers. But I'm hoping these newer ones – I will probably still read it, The Cursed Child. It, it has a very interesting premise and i a uh, fantastical beast also has a book doesn't it or no
0: yes yeah that's what it's based on
1: okay so i may, i mean i may pick this up but it's just it's really hard for me to do so because i'm not a fan but i've enjoyed the movies Well, it's difficult for me i thought it was interesting that they went with the
2: script approach like it's literally written out as the play script since it was since it was produced for for play. the stage yeah so <laughs> it's not your typical you know novel. It's, it's, it's the script. It's, it, it reads like a play.
0: I'm novel. interested to see huh. how it goes. And we'll expand on it more when we have Jessica back on the show too because she's yeah, she got is, way more insight.
1: <laughs> she is the Harry Potter fan. So that's Great good. Time. On so that. The last
0: bit of news uh, before we wrap up. Yes. Um, again, Star Wars related. They are releasing a new uh, Star Wars 3D DVD in November. For uh, episode 7. For episode 7. And it's going to include some more bonus features that we haven't seen before. Um, and I don't remember if they released a 3D version of the film this past uh, uh, this past year. Do you guys remember? Because I don't have
1: a 3D TV. I guess no, I wasn't they have not. It. This is this yeah. is the first time. Oh, Excellent. Yeah, my so the neighbor first across, time you on Yeah, my neighbor across the street's been waiting for it. Um, he's got one of those fancy 3D projectors, and so as soon as he gets it, I will be walking across the street to watch it. Nice in, in 3D because I've never experienced Star Wars in 3D. I'm gonna yes! have to do it. Oh yeah. man, Daniel! Nah, I've, I've see, I, I 3D. I'm not a fan of because it gives, <laughs> you know, I, I hate watching the movie, and if I'm not watching straight on, I can see the sides all fuzz out, and they don't line up, and it just gives me a headache. There, so.
2: there are only two movies that I appreciated in 3D, and uh, one was the new Ghostbusters, just because the proton streams coming out, it it was beautiful. But yeah. the other one was the new Star Wars, and Probably because I was also in the D-Box, but, you know, you lift uh, your up and all of a sudden you're flying around the Falcon. That was amazing in 3D. That got, was
0: cool, right? Like, I that, saw it that way, too. That it was, incredible. like, crazy, crazy cool. That was the first time I've ever experienced that that form of viewing a film, too, and it was, like, really appropriate.
1: Dang it. But that I technology worked that.
0: really, really good in Star Wars. So, Dan, you got to definitely see Rogue One in that. Like, it is
1: stupid fun. All right. We may have to go back and do that. Yes. All right. Well, we're out of time. So, with that said, uh, we'll catch you next time. Wait, Deadpool! Hey, Dungeon Crawlers fans, it's time to really pull out the stops. So, what we want to do is we want you to go like our Facebook page, like uh, follow us on Twitter, uh, follow us on YouTube, and not only that, tell your friends about us. If there is anyone in your life, or even in at your work that you think loves geek, loves you know superheroes, comic books, gaming, anything in the realm of geek. Tell them about our show. We want to make this the number one hit show out there. We want to uh, let get the news out there. We want our numbers to swell, and we want you and everyone else to join the geek revolution. So tell your friends about us. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. And we want to hear from you. We want this the best, greatest, and most entertaining interactive show out there. You know, most podcasts are not going to be delivering what we want to deliver this next year. And so far, we've had a great year. It's all thanks to you. And we just want to keep this rolling and make things even more possible. We've got some great things in the works uh, coming down the pipeline with some amazing interviews. And the more people we can get listening to the show, liking our pages, the more interest we can get, and the bigger, uh, more entertaining interviews we can get. So please, please, please help us out with this, because we want to bring some amazing content to you, and we can't do it without your help. So with that said, I'm going to say we're out of here, and catch you next time, and of course, join the Geek Revolution.